This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. The Jay Severin Show. No, it's not a best of. I mean, there's an awful lot of best, I, mean, I admit, but... No, it's not a best of. It's just that the number one story two days ago, a negative story, by the way, is still the number one story revived Lazarus-like by the person it hurts the most. You can't make this stuff up. Excelsior. Best and brightest politics. You wanted it. You asked for it. I did, too. We didn't have to wait long. We're in the thick of it. And I'll tell you, if the Republican National Convention could talk, oh, man, it would say something stupid. But one thing it would say, which isn't stupid nor wrong, is you're going to miss me when I'm gone. Because... Think about it. Think about everything the Republicans are graciously doing to make this exciting for us and how boring, i.e. boring, but also, i.e. competent. By comparison, the Democrat convention next week is going to be. I'm Jay Severin. You're the best and brightest. We are. I don't think it's too late to stop us. I've barricaded myself in the studio and for the next two hours, we are together, the Blaze Radio Network, one 3393 If ever a time to be heard. Yes? Now. And by the way, I've always had the fullest confidence in you. You know that. So it's not like I need, it's not like a newfound idea that I'm saying to you, I know you'll do great if you call. But... You've now seen almost three days of a national political convention. And you've seen, in theory, the best minds and the best product they can choreograph presented to you on the national stage. If you ever had any doubt that you will perform brilliantly on this national stage, you don't anymore. I mean, I, I, I know that could be taken in some quarters to be a backhanded compliment, and it is not how I intend it. But if you needed that last shred of confidence to get on the line at one 3393 and just bloviate if necessary, it would be very hard to be wrong, or at least... You know you won't look bad 
because look at what one of the major parties is producing. I'm going to try to do this particular story, you know, in minimal fashion, honestly, because I really don't, I neither want to harp on it nor be accused of thusly doing. And since I don't want Clinton to win, I really don't want to harp on anything that might help her win. But the Republican National Convention lead story is Lazarus-like. Not just risen from the dead again, but risen by someone, rised by someone from the dead. Rised by the person that it hurts the most. Can this possibly be true? Can this possibly be live? Or is this Memorex? Could this possibly, Could is it possible that any party other than the ones I used to attend uh, when I was a single fellow, is it, is it, could, it, could a party be this stupid? I, I mean, the, the, the last party that was this stupid, there's a story about it in the New York Post today. I believe the headline reads, Porn Star Falls from Window During Drug-Fueled Manhattan Party. Oh, that again. Could it be that we're talking about this again? Is it possible that the Trump campaign, uh, which I, at this as of this moment, looks like I'm voting for it, is it possible that he has reachieved the unbelievably stupid, self-inflicted wound of plagiarism? Is it possible that the number one story? Well, look, it's it's slugging it out right now with will Ted Cruz endorse Donald Trump tonight when he speaks? Or if not, will Trump yank him, which, by the way, I still regard. I don't think you've heard that or will hear it anywhere else. I still regard as an active possibility. I'd be interested to know what you think. Uh, prefer the call, but we'll take the tweet. But I think uh, Donald Trump is perfectly capable of yanking uh, Ted Cruz right off this, right out of the speaking schedule tonight, right off the stage. If he has to go out himself... Like at the old, uh, you know, the Major Bulls uh, amateur hour and with the, the hooked stick. They used to do that, you know, for real. A hooked stick would come out of the, the stage and hook someone by the arm or leg and drag them off the stage. True story. And I believe Trump is capable of it if uh, Ted Cruz won't endorse him. But the but the, the, the other, can you believe I'm saying other story, is will Cruz endorse Trump? But you know what? It's a big story, but it ain't the lead story. The lead story is plagiarism. Again. Now, as we said on this show, last we were together, it looked like the plagiarism story was dead. And it was dead. As of last night, it was dead. Now, it it, it lives and will live forever, you know, on the web. But in terms of the consciousness of 
almost everybody watching this, watching the coverage, the plagiarism story, accusation, charge, whatever you call it, was pretty much dead when we said uh, good afternoon to each other yesterday, right? The only way that it could uh, arise and walk from the dead is if there was a brand new, major, mind-blowing uh, development in the story, or, or if the Trump campaign revived it. Now, I, I didn't include that possibility. I don't think I said that yesterday because that's no one's that stupid. No campaign can be that inept that they would revive a story. All they do is count the seconds waiting for the news cycle to change. Uh, perforce of the physics of the convention. Like, okay, new speakers, new issues, new controversies. Something's going to blow that off, you know, out of the A block. Some Something's going to blow that off page one. You'd let it die a merciful death. Just get rid of it. Let it die. But no, no, this is the Trump campaign, which today... And, and again, I, I sent a tweet, a tweet earlier just to state the facts. The facts are the plagiarism story could die tonight, maybe. Again, there's one night left in the, in the convention. This has been the biggest story in the convention, has been plagiarism. Unnecessarily. So tonight it could die if they don't touch it. If they just leave it alone. But today, uh, as I tweeted, here are the facts. Plagiarism revived as number one story via a Trump campaign press release and efforts. And I can't believe it. Uh, This morning, the Trump campaign... uh, Uh, issued a press release offering its, as I count it, fourth quote-unquote new defense of the plagiarism. And it's even worse than that, which which I will share with you. But the latest of this story, as you probably know, is that they either found the person who did this, and what is this? What is this? Is this, I know I sound like a David Mamet play. This, you know this? This, you mean a thing. Yes, a thing. You mean a thing. This, yes, this thing. Okay, Uh, this thing, what is it? Is it plagiarism? Is it gross malpractice? Is it still an enormous lie to which we don't have the answer? Because as we go to air today, right now, either they found the person who did Did? Yes, did. This, this, this thing. You know, this thing. Did this thing. They either found the person who did this thing or they found a scapegoat, uh, who, by the way, just happens to have worked for many years for Donald Trump in his private company, not in the campaign, who was willing to say, oh, okay, okay, Melania didn't do anything. Donald didn't do anything. I did it all. Please forgive me. I will read you her statement. You have to decide whether it even flirts with, remotely touches, makes contact of any kind with reality. 
The Jay Severin Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. I am a big fan of disruptive ideas, and this year, Casper Mattresses is on the top of my list. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and I love sleeping on my Casper mattress. Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at an unbelievably fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep service with just the right sink and just the right bounce. And better yet, it breathes so you don't wake up drenched in sweat. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. In fact, it's now the most awarded mattress of the decade. Try Casper for 100 nights risk-free in your home. And if you don't love it, they're going to pick it up and refund everything. Imagine that, a company so confident that their product is what you want, that they'll offer a 100% refund. Made in America, with free shipping and returns to U.S. and Canada. Get $50 off of any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash glen and use the promo code glen. Terms and conditions do apply. Go to casper.com slash glen, casper.com slash Glenn. Jay Severin. On the Blaze Radio Network. With partners, the best and brightest. 1 888 Let me say this right away. Uh, well, I need to say it right away because it's the lead story on the planet Earth that cares about politics right now. And the Civic Circus Maximus, the Trump campaign has unbelievably revived as the lead story, the Melania plagiarism story, with yet a new and different version of what happened, only worse, which, as I say, we'll, we'll get to. And I, really, I'm not going to try to I'm not trying to flog this. It's the number one story, so there. it's number one story, and it's about politics, so that's that, okay? It didn't get in by affirmative action. This, this story got in on its own. But still, I'm going to flog it minimally, since much that needs to be said about it was said by us first here, okay? But talk about first. One of you, and I apologize, I'm having computer problems at the moment, so I can't touch it because I have this statement on it. Not my statement, the statement of the, well, of a, of a we'll talk about it in a second. I have a statement here, which if I touch the computer, I could lose it. I don't know if I can get back online. So uh, one of you to whom I cannot give credit right now, but hope to give it presently, may have nailed this right off the bat. About two hours ago, one of us sent us a tweet that said, scapegoat? And that might be it. It might not be it. But it's a really good theory. It's really good thinking. And that means what's happened Either you believe it's real or it's not. What's happened is someone has taken blame for, is it plagiarism? That too is up in the air. Was it sabotage? I regard that as still up in the air. But someone has taken ostensible credit, i.e. blame, 
for lifting Michelle Obama's speech. And the best and brightest writing in and saying, real or scapegoat is really good thinking. Because I want you to know the statement I'm about to read to you is a verbatim statement of this woman who has, for several years, worked in the Donald Trump real estate office. She is not an employee of the campaign. And as far as I could tell, will never be an employee of any campaign ever. But she works for Donald Trump on a personal business basis. She is not connected with the campaign. She gets her paycheck from the Trump organization. As a matter of fact, her statement is released. Believe it or not, it's there are so many amateurishly stupid things they are doing wrong. And there is a line between running a lean, mean campaign, not wasting money, and screwing everything up with a totally amateurish campaign. I think you would agree. Saving money is one thing. If you're on trial for your life or your child, God forbid, uh, needs surgery of some kind, what, are you going to save money on the doctor? You're going to get the doctor on uh, online? Slightly used doctor? So look how Trump is saving his money. He's doing it by sabotaging his own campaign. All right, and... Uh, My point was, this statement of the person who did this or is taking blame for it is issued on the Trump Organization stationery. You may think that matters or not. Here is the verbatim statement, to whom it may concern. My name is Meredith McIver. I'm an in-house staff writer at the Trump Organization. I am also a longtime friend and admirer of the Trump family. In working with Melania Trump on her recent First Lady speech, we discussed many people who inspired her and messages she wanted to share with the American people. A person she has always liked is Michelle Obama. Over the phone, she read me some passages from Mrs. Obama's speech as examples. I wrote them down and later included the phrasing in the draft that ultimately became the final speech. I did not check Mrs. Obama's speeches. This was my mistake. I feel terrible for the chaos I have caused Melania and the Trumps, as well as to Mrs. Obama. No harm meant. Yesterday, I offered my resignation to Mr. Trump and the Trump family, but they rejected it. Mr. Trump told me that people make innocent mistakes and that we learn and grow from these experiences. I'm going to break into the verbatim to say no one who's ever made a dollar writing anything would say, but Mr. Trump rejected it. They would say Mr. Trump declined it. This is not a professional writer. I don't think I need to waste a lot of your time bringing evidence in support of that claim. All right, back to verbatim. It's almost over. Uh, Quote, I asked to put out this statement. Okay, got a break again. No one who's ever made a dollar writing anything would ever say, I put out this statement. They would say, I issued. But, uh, quote, 
I asked to put out this statement because I did not like seeing the way this was distracting from Mr. Trump's historic campaign for president and Melania's beautiful message and presentation. I apologize for the confusion and hysteria my mistake has caused. Today, more than ever, I'm honored to work for such a great family. I personally admire the way Mr. Trump has handled this situation, and I'm grateful for his understanding. Sincerely, Meredith McIver, uh, the Trump Organization, 725 Fifth Avenue. Okay. Did she do it? We will never know. Did she? Is this probably true? I think it's probably true. I think she probably did it. Do I think it is? Uh, I think can she be sued for ever again calling herself a writer? Clearly, open and shut case. She's no writer. She's no professional communicator. Did she do it? More about which in a moment. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jay Severin Show. You took the words right out of my mouth. It must have been while I was kissing you. I know, nothing grosses you out, right? Including that notion. Uh, Tony Lloyd has just written a tweet that stole my notes from what I was going to say in a few minutes. That is to say, Tony's a genius. Here's what Tony says. I'm going to tell you, you know, this is like the Michelle, hey, Tony. Are you, are you hacking me? Tony has plagiarized. Tony has stolen my notes. Here, I'm going to do the Michelle Obama, uh, Melania thing. Where do I have it here? Uh, what the heck is it I want to say? What am I talking about? Tony, uh, right. Okay. Um, all right, I can't find it, but what it says in my notes is, You know, why would it be a scapegoat? Well, why would she agree to it? Well, clearly, loyal employee, money, all of that, okay? But why why would they want to do that? I mean, there is no good reason. But what's a bad reason, even, that you would do this? And that is, in my notes, I I, I say, uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. P.S., We have to ask ourselves whether this woman, who is a longtime employee of the Trump Organization, is falling on the sword as a scapegoat out of loyalty or for money or some other motive. The reason for which, whatever it is, would look less damaging to have a volunteer screw up than to show the world that your party and your own campaign may be infested with moles and enemies and saboteurs. Here's what Tony said before I could say it. This error must be, quote, this error must be spun as a mistake. To admit it was sabotage is suicide. Tony, what higher tribute can I pay you than to say you anticipated My thoughts. 
All right, we go back to this for a minute. Thank you, Tony. We go back to this. Since we don't know what we don't know and we'll never know some things we don't know, let's talk about what we do know. The net effect of issuing a press release this morning with any fourth explanation for this revived a dead duck. It was dead. No one rapped with this last night. No one, this was not in the coverage last night when the convention ended. It wasn't in this morning. This was without, virtually without exception, this was deader than Kelsey's nuts. I don't know what that means, but my grandfather used to say it. It always struck me as pretty funny. So this was dead, dead, dead. This morning, when the Trump campaign issued a press release saying, oh, no, here, here it is. No, we got it now. Here's the fourth explanation. Best and brightest, the net effect of that just revives a terribly negative story that was otherwise dead. Now, here's Donald Trump. He's going to manage the world economy, but he can't manage a five-minute speech to be written for his wife, nor manage politics, nor media 101. Now, here's what makes it worse. I've made uh, references to this. This is bad, all of this, but it's worse. An hour after they issued the press release, which was uh, appended to this woman, whether she did it or whether she's a scapegoat, an, an hour after they issued, oh, here it is, here's the real killer, OJ has just issued a press release, found the real killer of the speech. An hour later, Paul Manafort, the big wig, big chief, big guy in charge of the Trump campaign, went on national media and said, there was no, no, there was, you guys don't understand this yet. There was no, nothing was, nothing wrong. No one did anything wrong. There was no plagiarism. It's a false story. This is an hour after the organization he runs issued a fully contradictory press release. To the to the contrary. Now, I was speaking here with, with uh, Dr. Dave a moment ago. I used to have to make this pitch in every pitch I ever made. Alaska, Alabama... Florida, Texas, New York, New Jersey, uh, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, with, with a, for my prospective clients. Every one of them had the same question in one form or another. Why should we pay you, you know, the sharp inhalation of breath when they, when they heard how much it was going to cost them? They'd say, hey, wait a second. Uh, I have a cousin who minored in public relations at a community college here in town. Why not have him do the polling and the message and the copywriting and produce and direct the television commercials? My responses would always likewise contain a couple of universal elements. One was, yeah, I think that's a good idea. We agree, because we just finished this on the agenda, the last thing we were discussing five minutes ago is how much of a media budget you're going to need in order to have a shot 
at winning this campaign. And we've all agreed that that number is $15 million. So I think it's an excellent idea that you take $15 million and the blood it's going to take to raise that, take that $15 million and give it to the guy who minored in public relations at the local community college who's never before in his life written, directed, or produced a political spot for anybody for anything. You give him your $15 million. And by the way, the budget, that doesn't mean what I got. That means I got a percentage of what the clients spent. But uh, and, and the other one, the obvious, you know, uh, postscript was, you know what? Good idea. You're going to save more money, I'll bet you, than any other losing candidate in this cycle in the country. You will, you will enjoy the distinction of saving more money than any other loser in this campaign cycle. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show. Our Romano has uh, just said, hey, look, you know, the media is out to destroy Melania and everything, you know, connected with with Trump. I, I totally agree. The, I totally agree that the media's motives are fugly. They're not just ugly. They're fugly. I mean, yeah, of course they want to destroy her. Of course they're looking for something, anything. And if they couldn't find it, yes, they would make it up. But that does not a defense constitute. You know, this is there. There is guilt here. There is the commission of an act here. And and I, I want to try and finish this so I can. I did. I, I really. I just. I don't want to tell you anything that's not new here. Now let, let me try to wrap by saying, "Yo, yo, yo!" No. Uh, let me let me try to wrap this by saying, uh, "It looks." I think we can agree. Less damaging for people to think that Donald Trump had a volunteer do the speech, which I hope you saved money there, Donald. Uh, It looks less damaging that he cheated his wife, not cheated on, but cheated his wife. By the way, is she going to throw a flower pot at his head or what? Donald, all this money you spend on all these people who comes to me, you save a dollar. I look like an idiot. Okay, so it looks less damaging to have a volunteer screw up your wife's speech than to say to the world, I can't manage a five-minute speech by my wife, and my campaign is infested with traitors. So it's easier to get a scapegoat. That's probably not it. What's probably it, is what this woman says. It's probably, she probably did it, just like she says. So that would make it what? That would make it gross malpractice as opposed to sabotage. So my theory yesterday that it was sabotage, if this woman's telling the truth, then my theory is wrong. 
it was it was just gross malpractice by someone who somehow represented herself as a professional writer to Donald Trump. Glenn from Wisconsin. Boss, what yes, are you doing Jay. out there today? Good afternoon, Jay. Uh, I think you may be misattributing the uh, this resurrection of the copycat caper to uh, the campaign staff as being unprofessional and undisciplined. I think it it should be attributed which, directly back. Which, 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 or both? That I'm misattributing the source of the release or that it is incompetent? Or both? Uh, both or neither? Both, yeah, both. The fact that it was released okay. from the campaign. On fact A, summary judgment. You're wrong. Oh. This was a Trump press release this morning. A Trump press release. The campaign right. released a statement on campaign letterhead signed by Paul Manafort saying, here's the new explanation, and in just a moment you'll have the written confession by the person who did this. So on summary okay. judgment on claim A, it was done by the Trump organization, by the Trump campaign. That's that. Now, whether it was incompetence is always, of course, debatable. So make your case. Okay, I'm 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 uh, regarding more of the uh, the inertia behind it, and I th- I think uh, one of Mr. Trump's uh, key of many character flaws is his uh, extremely thin Cheeto-colored skin, and if somebody goes after him or his family, he's going to have the last word. He's going to push the issue, and uh, I think that's going to be his downfall against Hillary and the media when they start picking could, feathers could, on him. Could be. So I take it you mean his motive. Do you think that his mo his mo- I mean I don't disagree. Don't in any way disagree. Again, debatable because we agree right. doesn't make it so. But uh, it's not like a fact, like like the the first right. one. It, it we everyone can debate whether these are Trump's motives. No one knows what's in his head or his heart. Especially well, his don't, head. Don't you think? Uh, don't but, you think the- but I I agree that he was trying to protect his family. And as I said, I spent a lot of time yesterday saying. Uh, and we did together say, you know, can you believe that Trump didn't kill somebody, didn't strangle yeah. them with his bare hands in the first hour of this episode? No, I admire that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. But I think it's one of those those things that he just can't let the issue die. And even though he's got professionals telling him, you know, let's not bring this up again. He's like, no, we're going to settle right. this. We're going to put this out there, even if it hurts us. Well, well then, you know what? Obviously. If that's true then your second camp. charge is very much still in question, and I may be guilty because I'm attributing it, at least indirectly, to Paul Manafort's competence. And it may be mm-hmm. that Paul had nothing to do with it, and it was Trump storming in there and saying, yep. I'm going to start cutting off heads in a minute, you know, unless yep. somebody does something to make yep. my wife and me look better. So you, th- it's good thinking. You could be absolutely bang on about that. All right. Thanks, Jay. Glenn, thank you. And and thank you for arguing. Glenn makes a good argument. And despite the fact that I did have to slap down the summary judgment in the first part of the case, he continue, he argued his case and argued it well. And I may be I may well be guilty of that in my judgment. Maybe Paul Manafort is behind the scenes tearing his hair out because Trump is doing the wrong thing. But but Trump insists that. All right. You know, I mean, I, I, would it surprise you if Donald Trump issued a press release Saturday morning about the plagiarism thing? I mean, I was quoted in an 
infamous uh, uh, East Village. Uh, no, what was it called? The, the you know you know the the commie newspaper. Uh, uh, the, the, the yes, thank you, thank you, Dave. The Village Voice. Um, uh, it's funny. I've I've been quoted in um, everything over the course of my career, but the one one of the ones I remember, and I've got it framed, is the Village Voice when they box they box cutted my quote. They pulled out the the box cut and they made it a a, a, a well a box cut, you know, and they made it a, like a mini headline, and it was there in the middle of the article and, and with quote marks around it and said it was about Rudy Giuliani. And it was a similar circumstance. And I said, Rudy is brilliant and he's great at many things, but you can't step on your own dick. You know, I mean, it's, it's politics 101 is that is that rule, you know, and, and you, you can't step on your own story. And, but really, would anyone be surprised if Donald and I'm I'm now paying tribute here to Glenn and his theory it would surprise anybody if Donald Trump was still issuing press releases on November 7th of this year, whether he won or lost, his first press release could still be, no plagiarism occurred on July 18th, earlier this year. Glenn's right. I mean, he's, he's not going to be stopped by anything. And so, you know what? It has to go to him one way or the other. All right. You know what the big substantive story is tonight? You know it. Will Ted Cruz endorse? The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Stacy just wrote to ask, will I be watching Cruz tonight? Come on. This is bass fishing night on TNN. Of course not. Excelsior! Best and brightest, I'm Jay Severin. We are together, the Blaze Radio Network, 1-888-900-3393. 1-888-900-3393. And thank you. I'm aware and appreciative, as in both appreciative and grateful, which are often conflated. Uh, they're vaguely synonymous, but really only vaguely so. I'm both appreciative and grateful every single time I hear that music and I get to do this with you each day. There's never been a day when I've been, you know, I haven't thought of how lucky I am. Thank you. Thank you. All right, look, I think you're going to like this one better. It's no less important, except, of course, that as uh, my friend, uh, I don't want to, I want to make sure here I don't have the wrong guy. Was it? Uh, right. Craig writes, no one's bringing up Melanie. So first I had to ask him, who the heck is Melanie? Once we got that straightened out, 
uh, Craig was left holding his wedding tackle, uh, asking us the question, no, I'm sorry, making the grossly and demonstrably incorrect statement, no one's talking about the story about Mrs. Trump. Okay, at 2 o'clock Eastern Time, it was the lead story on Fox, CNN, Headline News, the AP Newswire, and the network cut-ins, as well as the websites of most major newspapers. But, Craig, other than them, nobody was talking about the plagiarism thing. But you know what? Unless someone calls me, calls us, at one 3393 neither are we going to talk about it anymore unless you want to. So we're going to give the Trump campaign the benefit of the doubt they so richly don't deserve, which is to is as of now to say, okay, okay, we'll take the fourth explanation as the real one, and we'll just let it go. Because here is, you see, the whole thing is, this didn't need to be a story, this other one. They did this to themselves. It's the third effing day of the campaign. They they didn't need to do. They didn't shoot themselves in the foot. They shot themselves in far more valuable real estate considerably farther north than their foot. If you know what I mean, and I think you do. So let's get to what we should have been talking about in the first hour and what we should have been talking about yesterday. Is it Lion Ted? And I don't mean L-I-O-N. Is it Lion Ted? Or is it Endorsin Ted? Is it Lion Ted or Endorsin Ted? The number one substantive political story. Doesn't mean number one story. Every day there's a number one uh, political story. Often it runs next year. A year from now, the number one political story of the day will run in the E block. It'll be just before the footage of packs of sharks somewhere off a Florida resort city. Then they'll talk about the number one political story of the day. That's why I say, man, this is politics talking, and politics says to you, you're going to miss me when I'm gone. But for now... For now, we fat and living off the land. And the question is, is it Lion Ted or is it Endorsin Ted? And the huge, huge story for tonight, and and maybe the biggest story of this convention is going to, they still have a chance that it could end up being a merely negative story as opposed to a negative, embarrassing story. But what's Ted Cruz going to do? Ted Cruz is scheduled to speak tonight. As I understand it, Ted Cruz, and I I do have some advantages of source here, uh, but really not more than anybody knows now that I think about it. Uh, I just have it from a better source. But it's the same thing. Ted Cruz has not submitted his speech. Pardon me. Unheard of. Unheard of. 
I mean, if, if a gentleman like Mitt Romney were the nominee, even he would insist. Even he'd be a tough enough guy. And I love Mitt Romney, so I, I apologize for the insinuation of that last statement. But, you know, Mitt Romney's not a tough guy. He's a brilliant guy and a great guy, but he ain't a tough guy. But he'd be tough enough to say, you're not speaking. I don't have your script. You're not speaking. Goodbye. You know. Do you have any doubt that Trump would do that? I think there's a chance that Ted Cruz doesn't speak tonight. But I have a question. It's my question's for you. Do you think and not whether Trump's tough enough, we know that. But what is his judgment? How much does Trump because so far Trump hasn't believed he's needed anybody? Right? And that's fairly clear. And I'm not even criticizing him. Good for him. Bully. Good on you, Mike. But does he think so much? Does Donald Trump all of a sudden now believe that his political existence turns on somebody else? That somebody else holds the cards? Someone other than even remotely, conceivably, like Hillary Clinton... Does he believe that another Republican, after flogging the snot, as we say, professionally in, you know, technical terms in politics, after flogging the snot out of 17 different candidates, including, by the way, my boy Ted Cruz, does Donald Trump suddenly believe that he has to go with his hat in his hand to Ted Cruz and offer him a primetime speaking gig and roll the dice? Like, okay, Ted may take the stage and he may endorse me, or he may go up there and give what is the first speech of the Ted Cruz 2020 presidential campaign. That That is, you know, that is what Ted Cruz wants most to give. If, if Ted Cruz could answer that question and we gave him sodium pentothal, he would say, tonight, my first campaign speech for the 2020 campaign. Because that's the, that's the truth, right? As, as the reports are leaking out today, Ted Cruz is actually telling people, this stuff is making the wires. He's leaking this to people. And what he's leaking is, I'm going to run in 2020 even if Trump wins, I'm going to run because I'm a conservative and he's not. And what's more important for this country and for the party is that we have a conservative be president, not that we have Donald Trump be president. It's more than just not Hillary. It's about having a conservative. Now, Ted Cruz, I can only I can't swear to you that he has said this. Uh, to reporters, but I can give you uh, my best on background uh, sharing and my best assessment that Ted Cruz is saying this to reporters. And, and that's why the stories are now popping up everywhere that Ted Cruz may not endorse Trump tonight, which immediately turns this, the laws of physics, turns this back to Trump. And that is, Donald, are you going to allow a guy to get up there 
and humiliate you? Are you going to give a primetime speaking gig to a guy who everybody in the hall except you knows is giving the first speech of his own presidential campaign, not endorsing you? The Jay Severin Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. So, story number one has become Ted Cruz. What's he going to do tonight? What would you advise him to do? If he gets up there and tells you all the reasons why, it's right that Donald Trump is the candidate. I'm here to endorse him. He beat me. That's a good thing. It's good that Donald is the candidate. Better, better... Donald than me. So I'm happy to be here as a loser. Donald should have beaten me. You should vote for him. What does that do for his 2020 campaign, which he's already leaking he's going to run, even if Trump wins? Okay, suppose he doesn't do that. Suppose he goes up there and at the last minute is won't give over his speech, or he does, but he just ignores the teleprompter, which he is singularly capable of, as we know. Uh, Princeton debate uh, 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 president, uh, Harvard Law School, summa cum laude. We all know Ted Cruz can go up and talk about anything he wants without cards, notes, or, you know, he'd have a, a John Philip Sousa playing in his headphones and still give a brilliant speech. So suppose he does that. And Trump yanks him. Suppose Trump doesn't yank him and he goes up there and says, you know, it's really a shame we don't have a conservative. I'm a conservative. And he could throw in, I hate Hillary Clinton. You should hate Hillary Clinton. No, you know, no, no, no way we want Hillary Clinton. There are a thousand things you could say other than I endorse Donald Trump. And what would you advise him to do? You know what? I brought in a special consultant for this. Rocket! Jay, my friend. Wow. <laughs> you know, uh, just to, just a little bit of housekeeping to go back to the Melania speech thing. That uh, yes. just kind of sets for, for the current topic that we're on. Four different explanations, like 180 degrees apart. You know, there was no plagiarism all the way to I admitted I did it. <laughs> right. You, you, you think they didn't know that? in the seconds and minutes afterwards that what really happened, oh, they did. Of course. So, and the ludicrousness that, my, of this is captured in the single act this morning of the campaign chairman of the Trump campaign putting his name on a letter, a press release that said, no, I still insist no plagiarism was committed. <laughs> now, by the way, here's the person who did it and her confession. Yeah, yeah. That's like, you know, I mean, I'm telling you the sky is blue. I mean, I am telling you the sky is red. I mean that with all my heart. I mean, good grief. And the reason I wanted to start with that was, uh, you know, the whole mind meme that he, uh, Trump, has called uh, Cruz Lion Ted the whole time. I mean, people... There are certain numbers of people that don't use language and logic, 
and they apparently can't, you know, do the simple solving of uh, who's lying. Uh, it's very clear. And, you know, I think one of the things, and, and I'll get off of the Melania thing here quickly, but... Uh, yeah, because I want to hear what you'd that, advise Ted. Well, yeah, I do want to get back to that, but the part that I thought was interesting was in the explanation of, hey, I did it because Melania really looks up to Mooch. I mean, oh. that's like, dig the, dig the hole a little deeper, why don't you? I, mean, I know, I really need that. You know, America, you should really, you want to know who the Trumps most admire? The Obamas. That's a great message. Yeah, yeah boy, that's awesome. That's just what I want to hear right now. <laughs> no, uh, you, you, while I was fixing to dial the phone, I had my fingers on the button there. You mentioned that uh, Cruz says that he will run in 2020 even if Trump's president. Apparently, the, the, there no. there are several stories at the national level running that say that he is saying he's sharing with associates, you know, off the record that he intends to run whether or not. Now, taking that as a data point, though, would you say that that would be a man that would endorse Trump if, if, no. if he is no. already admitting to, to reporters that he may or... Uh, the way I read it is he was intending to run no Intense. matter what yeah. in 2020. Yeah. Yes. So the thing that hurts me about the, that, Rocky, and I'm, I'm going to make it 10 seconds or less, so, so I, oh. I want to hear what you think, what you'd advise him, but the thing that hurts me about this is it reminds me, it makes me miss politics as a living a little less because it reminds me that a guy I really admire and the guy I was for for so long would turn right around and, you know, take the speaking engagement, and stab him in the front with it. Oh, that's what I'm hoping, too. I will be there front and center waiting, just hoping that that Cruz takes and, and takes the moment to stab. Now, uh, one more thing about why I don't think that he would endorse, and I, I, I ask this to the best and brightest out there. I know what your answer is. Would you endorse a man who has accused your father of killing the president of the United States. <laughs> I had forgotten about I mean, that. <laughs> honestly, would you endorse a man that's done that to you? I know I wouldn't. And if, if, if I were going <laughs> to, I swear. I'm laughing I mean, because really, look, at, look the, at the players we've become on this stage, all of us. You know, it's it, it really is Civic Circus Maximus. I didn't even remember that he accused yeah. Ted's father of killing JFK. And like two days oh, before yeah. that, ran like uh, hideous pictures of his wife. You know, I. Yeah. I, yeah. It, it, and, and Trump, he is so dirty. He is so nasty. And have you noticed that um, if you watch the, I don't know how many people, I don't think a lot of people really watch this convention, but um, remember how we used to talk about the crowds making such a big impression during the uh, speeches, the debates, presidential debates? Did you pay any attention to the crowd last night? It's not like before... You it's have anticipated, like you have anticipated a point I have in my notes, 
Um, this is twice today I've been I've been B slapped all over the stage, uh, but appropriate that you, that you be one of the two people doing it. Uh, the final point on this, which I'm never going to get to today, but you've just uh, done us all a favor by bringing it up. Uh, in my notes, I have the question: Is it just me, or does the audio of this convention reflect? either really bad audio engineering or a really big lack of enthusiasm. It's the big lack of enthusiasm because I really, really paid attention. And you're right. They can make the crowd louder, but they can't make it sound like more people. And um, even the the very loudest that I ever heard the crowd was after uh, Paul Ryan speaking. And they took... That's a bad sign. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know, but uh, it was it was a it was a uh, sympathy applause. It uh, started out real slow, and then you could just tell like people were like, "Okay, I guess we got because it was like you know rah rah." And, and his right. speech was all about not Clinton, not Clinton, which is anybody who doesn't want to wholeheartedly endorse him, that's what they do. They that's exactly they right. Play the not Clinton, not Clinton, not Clinton, which isn't really endorsing no, uh, that's Trump right. at all. Rocky, I've so, got, what, what do we have, Dave? 10, 15? I've got 10 seconds. So, Rocky, I'm going to ask you to stay if you can. And when you come back, I'm going to need your most concise argument. What do you advise Ted Cruz to do tonight? Jay Severin. Excelsior. The Blaze Radio Network. This is Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. 1-888-900-3393. Managing partner, senior partner, emeritus, Rocky, returns to answer this question. And it's not easy in any case, but it's even more difficult, Rock, because we have to assume, we have to assume Ted Cruz's motives. And we don't know what they are. We have reasonable suspicions as to what they are, but we don't know what they are. So, assuming what you will of Cruz's likely motives, what would you advise him to do tonight to to uh, cut the baby in half? I love this question very much. Um, if I was advising Ted, I would tell him, go up there and use the usual of the other people that have come before him that are talking about how bad Hillary Clinton is and go on about that. And and he's so good at speaking. He can talk to it in legal terms of how she's guilty of this and guilty of that, which by the way, that was the, really the fire yesterday was uh, Chris Christie. But when, uh, yeah, I thought Christie did a good job. I'm not, I'm I'm a little you know I I have a little patience for theatrics these days uh, believe it or not yeah uh, but I I I but I thought he did a good job and I think there's probably 
a big audience, at least among that audience which watched, however sizable it was, that probably thought Christie hit the ball really, yeah. you know, just hit yeah. it dead solid yeah. perfect. You're right, and I have to retract. Paul Ryan was not the biggest applause. It was actually Christie. But, yeah, I would I would do that and, uh, you know, more not so much theatrics like Christie, but do it in a legal... So what you're saying is you're assuming, he's, you're assuming he's either running or he wishes not to dampen yeah. that possibility. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. But, but, uh, assuming that motive, go up there and do a stem winder, but which is limited to the criticism of Hillary and the Democrats and liberalism and the endorsement well, of conservatism, right? And the... And the assumption yeah. that I'm a conservative uh, and Trump isn't, without saying so, without ever right, embracing right. Trump by name. Right. But then, but then here's the here's the clincher: is when the guy with the hook on the side of the stage starts, <laughs> you know, losing like his anxiousness to put the hook on Cruz, then stab with hell's fury. <laughs> I mean, just let him have it. Just let him have it. Like. Well, it, thank you. Thank you, as usual. Um, I, I'll expect to hear from you soon. Love you. Uh, that's Rocky, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, you probably already know him for good reasons. Uh, I'm Jay Severin. We are the Blaze Radio Network, one 888 See, Rocky accepted a difficult assignment. Very difficult. He's on national radio, and he's being asked, assume someone's motives, and, of course, we can. We do every day. That's why we are conversationalists. But you can't, in fairness, and you know, in 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 reality, you you can't. Although we do it every day, we do it every day with our friends, neighbors, family, coworkers, everybody. We assume we assume their motives. We presume their motives every day, and we presume to know better than they what they ought to do. Once we've presumed what their motives are. So it's not like we're unpracticed in this, but it, uh, but Rocky treats it seriously. And that's why I'm grateful to him and to you because we are treating this question seriously. I, I too think that Ted Cruz will try to split the baby tonight. Now I know that's a very gross allusion. Well, actually it's a reference, but I, I believe this audience knows uh, from whence it springs. So it is a legitimate, historical, biblical even, uh, reference. And uh, I'll give you one other name for reference uh, as, a, as, as a hint. Solomon. See, uh, Solomon, comma, king. Uh, I, too, think the Cruz will try to split the baby tonight, but I don't know if it will work. And one of the reasons I don't is because I, I know too much about the way the media works. And tonight, I believe the media believes, probably correctly, that they have a guaranteed gotcha moment. If, if Ted Cruz endorses Trump, gotcha. How, how could you do that? Oh, I guess you're not running in 2020. How could you be a conservative and endorse Trump. How could you do it? How you're just like all the rest. You're no in, you're no outsider. And don't forget Ted Cruz, who's a very very smart man. 
went to the Senate of the United States for the purpose and at the cost of alienating virtually every single member but two I can think of of the United States Senate. Other than those two, they hate him because they. I, I guess he just didn't play the game the right way, which makes me love him because he didn't play the game the right way. And the fact that Mitch McConnell doesn't like Ted Cruz makes me love Ted Cruz. But, again, it's not like it's anything to be ashamed of, but Ted Cruz went to the Senate by way of going to the White House. It's the only reason Ted Cruz is in the Senate, I believe. Again, here I am, attributing motives unknowingly, uh, but with respect and my best possible educated guess. I think Ted Cruz wants to be president. Nothing wrong with that. And everybody does it. Everyone who's now a mayor sees himself as, uh, as governor. Every governor sees himself as senator. Every senator sees himself as president or herself. Nothing wrong with ambition. I would rather they be ambitious than steal from me. And Ted Cruz wants to be president. Great. The, the opportunity for Ted Cruz tonight is splendid. But the cost is merciless. He, he's going to have to do... The, the media, if he, if he goes up there and he endorses Trump, then there are going to be some people who say, okay, he did it for unity, good guy, cause bigger than himself. You know, about two or three people will say that. The others will hack him up into tiny bits for, uh, for you know, turning on his conservative brethren. Their last hope, everybody there who is never Trump, their last hope in the world is Ted Cruz. And if he goes up there and plants a wet one on the collective Trump buttocks, then a lot of people are going to just destroy him. Now, if on the other hand, and here's where the media guaranteed gotcha comes in, if on the other hand he goes up there and fails to endorse Trump, no matter how politely he tries to steer around the traffic cones, see what I did there? The special traffic cones erected as an obstacle for him tonight. If he doesn't endorse Trump, let's not forget this prospective. They ain't guaranteed, but it's prospective cost. He could get booed off the stage. I mean, this is one of the most powerful and fascinating dynamics of American politics. Right here, focused right in on this second tonight. And that is, they have done everything, have the party regulars, everybody's been beating the snot out of everybody else, trying to get them to unify, unify, unify. And little by little, they have over the last few days, unified, unified, unified. And they've gotten on board publicly, if not sincerely, people who have said, hey, come on, it's either Trump or Hillary Clinton. Let's go. We know what we have to do. Let's do it. Let's get together. Yada, yada, yada. They have largely begun to succeed in at least the impression that they are unifying. 
if Ted Cruz stands up there tonight before a ostensibly unified party and he doesn't endorse Donald Trump, what are they going to think? I mean, you're going to have a lot of confusion. You're going to have you're going to have 25,000 confused people down there. You're going to have people saying, wait, I, I, I thought we were supposed to unify. And they're going to see Ted Cruz giving the first speech of his own 2020 presidential campaign. There is a chance, especially if Republicans have succeeded in the last or first few days of the convention. If, in fact, they've succeeded in unifying their disparate forces then doesn't that almost guarantee that Ted Cruz gets booed off the stage? Because when they see him up there running his own 2020 campaign, aren't they going to say, you shut up, you bum, you know, get off the stage. I don't, I don't know. No, they probably won't. But will there be discord? Maybe, maybe not. Will there be a palatable lack of enthusiasm? Oh, yeah, I think that there could be a palatable lack of enthusiasm. And if there's one thing that neither Cruz as a prospective candidate nor this party in search of victory needs is another audience tonight that sounds like they're being forced to watch someone else's home movies. Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Brian from the Commonwealth. Hey Jay, uh, the, the point I wanted to make you've already touched on. Um, I don't. I'm not quite sure Trump is really looking for an actual endorsement. I think the message is, uh, like you said, unity. The target. Uh, the target audience is going to be people who are saying they're going to stay home for the election, and uh, Cruz is the big ticket as far as getting their attention and getting them to actually get to the polls. Because if we lose the election, it's not going to be the fault of Trump. It'll right, be the fault of the right. Republicans who decide to, to separate from each other and just and just not go with it. Yeah, to, to, uh, because to, the Romney, don't have to Romney Trump. Right. Or how do you I mean, figure he weighs, Trump weighs, the near certainty of... A block stories and front page stories tomorrow that Cruz refuses to endorse Trump. I think if uh, he words it properly, if he says, "Look, I am not staying home during election because what would you think of me if I decide to stay home and let this election just go the way it goes?" Uh, I think uh, I think he, if he words that, I'll be at the booth and I expect you to be there too. I think that would be enough. I'm with you. I, I think well, uh, unless he gets yanked, <laughs> unless, unless, and you know, Trump would, in there. You know, I, I think you might agree that there are elements of Trump's personality and professional side that would love this because of the newsworthiness of it. Imagine if Trump yanks crew. I mean, it, isn't it consistent with everything? It, well, I'm sorry, I'll put another way. 
it is consistent with everything I have the impression uh, about uh, Donald Trump's personality that he would yank him and make a big story tonight. You know, Trump deprives Cruz of place on stage. Now, I know, I know I'm, I'm not deaf or being disrespectful. I did hear what you said. And what you're saying is that Trump will probably go for unity, even if if he feels that uh, uh, that Ted's going to diss him, you know, in maybe a big way. And I don't I don't disagree with you. I just think there are still possibilities, including that okay. Trump might like turn off the turn off the lights. That the headline you mentioned that Trump uh, that Cruz refuses to endorse Trump. I think that would uh, a lot of Democrats would would read that. All the never Trump people would read that. But the people who support Cruz would actually watch his speech. And so even if that headline does show up, the speech is going to be watched by millions of Cruz supporters who say they're not going to the booth. And that well, might sway them to get argument. to the booth. I think it's a good argument. And I and uh, if, if Trump doesn't uh, hook him from the side of the stage, you know, with a crook stick and drag him off and make the band play New York, New York really loud uh, and turn the lights off, uh, then then I think that maybe uh, maybe it is worth it for, for Trump to have the think- mere sight and sound of, of Ted Cruz uh, up there. But the st- what I love about this is that the stakes are just so high, and they don't, I don't think they go together very well. Well, they may not be as high as you think, because I think uh, the people who support Trump are going to get their vote. Trump's going to get their vote no matter what. People who support him, Trump has done everything that he can do to lose supporters. The people who support him right now aren't going to stop <laughs> supporting him. He certainly has tried hard, yes. Brian, I have to yeah. jump. I thank you, and we'll see. Maybe we could talk tomorrow so you could take credit or blame, as the case may be under the circumstances, for what happens tonight. Funny thing is, this and 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 Mike Pence can't be happy about this. Another cost of this, intentional or otherwise, tolerable or otherwise, to the Trump campaign is that Mike Pence speaks tonight, and he is the vice presidential running mate. And the anticipation of his remarks, really of his introduction to 99%, he's another one tonight, 99% of the people who hear Mike Pence will be hearing him for the first time tonight. Big moment for him. Big moment for the ticket. But it's been buried already. Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.